that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people, and I've played some, too. And there's one thing I know. People like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all make it? Hey, thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast while I'm talking out my ass. Here on a Sunday night, uh, Mardi Gras has been over, so we're going to do a little post-mortem here. Got three guests for you. The Marquis de Mardi Gras, uh, Arthur Hardy, will give us his uh, take on it. Then uh, retired police captain Mike Kahn will tell about uh, the crowd control or lack thereof. And finally, Carl Nival, the professor who hangs out there on Gallagher Hall steps, will tell us uh, his take on it. What do you think about the past one, and what is it going to happen with the future? All that coming up here on the Splitcast Podcast right after this. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch-resistant lenses, dustbusters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps. The list just keeps on growing, and it needs to keep on growing because the next generation of space exploration has arrived, and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Hey, what you gonna do this weekend? You can't go dancing and go to the show because the Corona Cootie's back with a vengeance. Oh, I got an idea. Go fishing. Yeah, get yourself a licensed and insured guide on lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. And at lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos galore from all the happy fishermen and women and kids. And don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. And uh, the Marquis de Mardi Gras is joining us now on this Spudcast podcast talking about my ask post-mortem of the 2021 Mardi Gras season. What you doing there, Arthur? How you been? I've never been so happy to see Lent as I am this year, Spud. <laughs> That's because you are anxious to eat a tuna fish sandwich. I know yeah, I can. right. Yeah. Actually, I was stocked up on cans of tuna because of my kids. No argument there. They'll eat tuna fish every day in Lent if I let them. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. No, it's just this was a rough one, but I'm glad it's behind us and uh gotta be better days ahead next year, huh? Well, I got an extra beat on the rosary for that, but that you know, that don't always count. <laughs> Not well, you know what though? But it's like out of out of uh adversity comes new stuff. Oh, they got this yeah. new uh, crew of house floats that this woman just a little rinky dink Facebook page, even when I, I saw the interview with her. And she's like, I was just this little thing. And it turned it big, rolled into this big monster way more than she expected. And now it looks like people are going to start doing that every year. Yeah. How cool. It shows you one person to make a difference. And actually, you know, there were two projects at the same time. Uh, the folks from the crew of Red Beans, which had already been doing a lot of philanthropic stuff, um, they started to hire a float artist project and uh, basically out of, out of work float builders to decorate your house like a float mm-hmm. and then the, the crew of house floats started and, and i mean they weren't enemies or competitors or anything it was all this same thing let's well let's I, the it, old lemon yeah. lemons thing and it worked beautifully and i think it's terrific and i think it's going to stick maybe not not everyone will do it again next year but i bet i bet many of them will i bet you many of them will and i bet you a lot people a lot of people will go a little bit more overboard than just throwing old beads on their on their things and putting up a flag or a couple of those little 
you know, half circle banners and such. I think people are going to think, cause you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Christmas. You, you, you buy some stuff and next year you buy a few more things and a few more things. Yeah. And it's next time you got a yard full of crap for Christmas that you just build up over the years. And people, they didn't do that with Mardi Gras. They had a bunch of stuff, but they all threw it up in their attic and that was it. I, I think yeah. this is going to catch on. Well, and, I, and I've heard from some people who basically said, whatever Fred did across the street, I'm going to do twice as much. You know? <laughs> and then you get that thing going for you. Uh, Barry Kern told me his company did more than 50 houses. 50 houses. Wow. That's, you know, that's incredible. That is. And um, the Facebook page, I think, for House of Float said there were more than 3,000 houses. And I don't, I don't know how accurate that is, but, well, but it they, was a bunch. It was people who signed up for it. I mean, they had a whole bunch yeah. of houses out here in Old Mexico. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and Uptown seemed to be, the, you know, party central uh, for most of the more elaborate ones. But in a lot of neighborhoods, you saw it. And you know, the other big thing this year that that can't be a tradition was the floats in the Oaks in City Park. I thought that was terrific. Mm-hmm. But I can't, you can't do it again because hey, next year those floats are going to be in the parades, right? You're hoping. Oh, it's got to be, man. Just got to be. Well, you know what would be cool. And I know what they. I know a lot of crews rent floats because I I've been a grand marshal and going. I wrote this same float in a parade I was in three years ago. You know, sure. They rent floats, <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm wondering if they could do floats in the oats, especially the people who who parade early. You know, mm-hmm. so otherwise, I mean, if it's a two week long thing and you're you're one of the first two weeks of the parade, I mean, could Rex loan out? I guess they wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying no. if Rex could loan out two floats. That would be there like the first, the first two you know weekends from the sixth mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. the weekend or so before Mardi Gras, and then come get them and take them out. And they would yeah, it's possible. Have, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. So. I don't think it's going to sure. happen, but it would still it could still happen. You know, I talked to Rob Deveni about all the the hoops they had to jump through to get this oh, to, to happen. And He's uh, a miracle man, a miracle man. Yeah, but I, it was I, cool. I, I honestly, I honestly thought. Great idea, but this ain't going to come off. You know, the logistics, insurance, weather, transporting them there and back, this is just too much to put together in two or three weeks. And he and his team did it, man. And yeah. they, they deserve all the credit in the world. Plus, of course, the crews themselves who said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. You know, it it was remarkable, remarkable. Yeah. When Rex came out of the shoot going, you can have the King's Float and the Buff Gras. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and the street car. I'm going, come on, man. If you, I mean, that. that then you had to, all the other crews are going, well, hell, if they're going to do it, I could kick yeah, in a float. Right. I mean, he's a beast, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. no, it, it was good. And, uh, but I'm glad this one's in the history books and, uh, we have more than a year to get ready. I mean, Mardi Gras on, uh, March 1st at 22. So yeah. we've already started working on our magazine and, and, and I'm not kidding. I've got a few stories already done. And several oh, I bet you do. Yeah. Well, that, you have to. Yeah. Is this are you are you putting this one down as the Mardi Gras with an asterisk or well, well, the Mardi really, Gras that I mean, never was? Or, <laughs> you know, it, it, I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but it's certainly one for the record books. And, and then, of course, how about temperatures on Fat Tuesday? Well, you <laughs> know what, what? Can go wrong. And I talked to <laughs> I talked to Mike Kahn, who's a retired NOPD captain, and uh-huh. I asked him. I said, you know what? Look, because I worked. Mardi Gras to 544 Club back in the late 70s, four or five Mardi Gras in a row, just to make some extra uh-huh. beer money, you know. And yeah. uh, I was there working when they had that real cold Mardi Gras. I was there working when they had the uh, the cop strike. Um, mm-hmm. This was cold. And and he point yeah. blank, he says, no, look, the police were there. 
they knew what they were doing. We know how to handle crowds. That's what we do best. I said, but he goes, oh, hell yeah, that it was 20. It was 29 degrees out there. That was a great, a great age when it came to curbing the crowds in the Mardi Gras. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I wonder if the weather had been nice, if you would have had the same amount of compliance. No, uh, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. People people would have challenged the the mandate and, um, I'm glad it didn't come to that. Me too, really, but I they wouldn't concerned. have. Because I t- see, I talked to them about that too. It's just like you know, okay, you can you can close the bars and everything else, but it's not against the law to walk down the street with an open container as long as it's not glass. And you know yeah, damn good and well that if it was if it would have been a nice nice weekend with nice weather, there'd have been people yeah. parading up and down with their ice chests. They might not. Oh, they're gonna shut down Bourbon Street. You didn't shut down Royal Street. You didn't shut down right. Decatur Street. You didn't shut down <laughs> Charter right. Street. They'd be Dauphine. They'd be people wandering all over the place up in there drinking. But thankfully, it didn't come to that. So I think we dodged a bullet there. But on to next year, huh? Yeah, it is. And and, uh, and so when is it? March the 2nd, you say? First. March the 1st. All right. It's a late one. How late can it go? March 9th. That's the absolute latest Mardi Gras ever. As early as February 3rd is as late as March 9th. Well. This is good enough. Yeah, this it is, sure this, is. Is, this is one for the record books and one with uh, this is an asterisk. It's an asterisk. One yeah, last thing before I go. Right. One last thing before I go. What now there sure. was a there was a uh, there was a Mardi Gras back in the forties during World War Two when they didn't parade too, isn't that correct? Right. When right. was when was that? Well, forty two through forty five and then uh World War One, Civil War, you know, we've got other cancellations. Yeah. In seventy nine the police strike it you know didn't cancel Mardi Gras, cancel parades in Orleans Parish. Yeah, a bunch of them went to the other parish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so we, I mean, we've never had anything exactly like this because mm-hmm. it's not just us. I mean, the whole world, you know, yeah. is suffering. But uh, I predict we'll come back and come back strong. Well, I'm just trying to figure it out because I know that I have a great uncle who was Rex, but he didn't parade. So <laughs> okay. So well that. Uh, would have either been 42 or or 51. I think it was 42. I think it was 42. So I got to do some more research about my own family. Maybe I can sneak into sideways and, you know, I'll ride to Buff Grow one of these days. Anyway, that would be fun. It would be very (laughs) cool. Arthur Hardy, the Marquis de Mardi Gras with his postmortem of Mardi Gras 2021. Thanks, Arthur. Be safe. We'll see you uh, next go round. Thanks, buddy. All right. Back with more on the Spudcast right after this. Okay, that ran eight minutes and forty-eight seconds. That's a great. That's a great interview, man. So you'd be pretty good. I'm looking here. Uh, no, I don't have. I, I, I have that guy's name someplace. Uh, well, the thing of it is, I got the reason I even know this is because uh, we move over here, send the kids to the little school, the Saint Episcopal, you know, the Episcopal school, yeah. and uh, there's a lady there teaching named Mary McConnell, which is my sister's uh-huh. name. Well, uh-huh. she she married a man named Richard McConnell, who was like, come uh-huh. to find out, he's my cousin. And uh-huh. so I I find out that we have a uh, we have a a, a mausoleum, a, a crypt in Lake mm-hmm. in uh, Lake Lawn, and all kinds yeah. of stuff. So I didn't know any I'm of this there. crap. But then yeah. we went we went over to their house to eat one night, and here's a picture of Rex, uh-huh. and from the early '40s. And they go, yeah, that's your your great uncle. He was Rex, but he didn't parade, and they couldn't remember his name. You know? I'll be damned. So, well, I'll I'll research that for you too. If I find something, I'll let you know. Cool, I appreciate it. All right, man. Stay in touch. Yeah, stay you safe. too. You too, All man. Right, bro. Thanks so much. Bye. 
Does the sound of thunder strike fear in your home? There's only one sure way to fix a flooding problem. Home Team Elevation. End the worry. Stop insurance rate hikes. Get your flooding problem fixed now with the Home Team Advantage. Experienced, hands-on, local owners. You want design choices? On the Home Team, you're the MVP. So don't wait. Elevate with Home Team Elevation because the flood stops here. Get your free quote at 3011222. or go to hometeamelevation.com. Spud here. On Friday, two friends told me they had COVID. Monday evening, I started feeling punky. Tuesday morning at 6.30, I was at Rapid Urgent Care getting tested, and by 7 o'clock, I was quarantined. Don't fool around. If you have any symptoms, let the professionals at Rapid Urgent Care diagnose your condition. They've got you covered with eight clinics from Baton Rouge to Bogalusa, from Metairie to Mandeville. You can even visit a doctor online. Mask up and get yourself and your loved ones tested at Rapid Urgent Care. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find the clinic nearest you. And uh, on the postmortem of this year's Mardi Gras, joining me uh, is uh, former NOPD captain Mike Kahn, who was out there, you know, uh, helping out, I guess I should say. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what were you doing out there, Mike? Just kind of watching the people going, mm, mm, mm. it's freezing cold and people still acting like a fool. Uh, it was pretty much that, but it wasn't too bad. There weren't too many people out there, so it was pretty well controlled. Well, the people who were out there, I mean, I saw a couple of news stories. Um, uh, like somebody got married out there in the middle of Bourbon Street with nothing else going on. Uh, mostly, though, we, we would put on like the, the live cams and watch them go, there ain't nobody there. There's barricades up and there ain't no cops doing nothing. I think I saw one police unit, maybe. So I guess people heeded the message and, uh, and stayed home. Well, yeah, I mean, the police were definitely there. They were on Frenchman Street. They were on Bourbon Street. They were on Decatur. Uh, but there was literally very, very little traffic out there, pedestrian and or vehicle. So there wasn't that much to, to be done, as well as the, the temperatures were pretty freezing for the past couple of nights. Well, then, so so let me just say, if I were a police officer, NOPD, out there in this mess, I would be like inside a business on the corner and just kind of peeking out, waiting for something to happen before I stood out there in the cold and froze my noonies off. Yeah, or in a vehicle, in a vehicle, you know, being able to control the ingress and egress. But uh, I will tell you, on all the point controls on Canal Street, as well as Decatur, they were standing out there manning the barricades. Well, I, I yeah, I didn't see any cameras that, you know, my wife gets fascinated with that kind of stuff. I'm going, you know what, I've been there, done that, man. <laughs> right, I, don't, right. I don't think nothing's going to surprise me too much on Bourbon Street anymore. So I'm assuming, uh, not that you have the statistics in front of you, but I'm, I'm guessing pretty much that... Uh, you know, didn't have to use the paddy wagons too much. I don't think at all. I don't think there were uh, many arrests whatsoever from those areas that, that they were concerned about. Um, we were in there a fair amount during the weekend, and there really just were not many people there. And those that were by, you know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the evening were gone. Do you think the weather, I mean, okay, so the mayor shut them down, shut down the bars. And I'm sure that was going to put the quietest on it anyway. Do you think the, I mean, the weather was as much an important uh, tool of crowd control as the commentary about no places to get booze anyway? Yes and no. I mean, from working it for almost 30 years, I can tell you that the weather will not keep people away from the parades, the cold. They will still come out there bundled up and they will gather up and watch the parades and go down to the French Quarter. So I think if everything were open, then you still would have had uh, large crowds down there. But not. Not like the crowds you get when it, when it's not cold and it falls on like you know spring break weekend type of deal. Correct, correct. So the cold had something to do with it. So that's just one more tool in your tool belt to uh, to maintain uh, safety in the city of New Orleans. 
So there you yeah, go. Yeah, but it, it is amazing, though, when you go out there, you'll see where uh, even in the cold and rain, people are still out there until the parades are canceled. Yeah, well, I mean, I was I was working the uh, 544 Club back in the late 70s when they had it really, really, really cold, you know? So I, I, know, I know there were a bunch of people out there bundled up. They weren't, from what I remember that year, they weren't as cuckoo. Uh, but they were still there hooting and hollering. Uh, you weren't as many uh, women flashing people. But, <laughs> you, know, I mean, you know, there's, there's some people go, that's what I live for. You know, I remember reading this letter to the editor from a couple, a married couple, like middle aged in Atlanta, saying that, that it was their right to come to New Orleans during Mardi Gras and for his wife to show her hoo hoos. And we're like, let's, okay, then we're going to go to Atlanta and stand on your front yard and throw beads at your house until she comes out and shows them to us. You know, right. No response for that one. So, <laughs> so next year, I guess the NOPD is kind of hoping for another cold one just to, just to alleviate some of the stress of crowd control. Yeah, I think that, uh, that people will be kind of looking forward to Mardi Gras getting back to the way that it was in the past and, and the city being able to thrive the way it should. And, and, and for the police, it's just one of those things that you have to work for that two-week period, and, uh, and you just you bear through it. But it would be nice if it was still like 35 degrees. Uh, we still have to be out there. So I know that, but you, you're not, <laughs> you ain't got as many cuckoos acting cuckoo. I mean, they're drinking, they're drinking drinks because they're trying to stay warm as opposed to getting lit. You know what I mean? Right, but, right. No, I agree. I yeah. agree. Anyway, well, Mike, I'm glad nobody got hurt. That uh, There's no reports that I saw nothing like that. So unfortunately, yeah, Mardi Gras was kind of dead. But there were other things that went on, you know, and so we're going to talk to a few other people on this episode of the Spudcast podcast. But, Mike, I, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a good one. Thanks, Spud. All right. Spud here. You know, the last couple of years, I got to be buddies with attorney Mike Brandner, the guy Gambit readers have voted the state's best lawyer two years running. Yeah, he, he's been on that super lawyers list longer than I can remember. But you don't make it number one on those lists because you have witty commercials. You make it because you treat your clients like they're number one. And that's what Mike Brander does. His clients are like his friends. He helps them through the tough times until he can get them a big check from the big insurance companies. So if you're in a wreck, get the big guy in your corner. Get Mike Brander, 345-1111. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market or order it online. Have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. And uh, on the phone right now because he's... He's a wraith and a mystery and a just a, a crazy Mardi Gras elf, and you never know exactly where he's coming from. Professor Carl Naval is uh, is joining me here to talk about this. Uh, I guess the the Mardi Gras post mortem. I'm calling it there, uh, Carl. Uh, so thanks Very for well. taking the time. Yes, yes. Where did you get your professorship from? King's College of Carnival Knowledge, with locations in Paris. Uh, Venice and in Lower East Bastrop. I've heard about the Bastrop one. I thought they were going to open one in Boutique, but I think they had to bail on that because they couldn't get the tax credit. 
But oh, well, it was less about the tax credits than the fact that it was just a bit too highbrow. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. So how did you enjoy I, I know you you are one of the biggest Mardi Gras fans, period. Um, I know you get to hang out with the mayor on uh, Gallier Hall steps and introduce everybody. Uh, oh, you, didn't, yes. you didn't get to do that this year so much. Sadly, no, we did not, of course, because it, it was necessary to uh, cancel the parades because of the COVID restrictions. Mm. But, uh, when I hear when I hear New Orleanians complaining about the fact that we didn't have the same carnival or Mardi Gras this year that we've had in previous years, I'm quick to remind them that we're doing better than the carnivals in Venice and Via Reggio in Italy. They are now in their second year of not having any carnival celebrations at all. So, but from that metric, we, we're, we're better off than most other people. Better off, but not where we want to be. Although... Oh, no, no, of course not. Uh, I have to say, though, with, uh, with, with the invention of this, uh, this crew of house floats, which I was incredibly impressed, and especially the woman who was a crew captain who came up with the idea, this lady came up with it, and she thought it'd just be a little neighborhood thing, and it just blew up and became something incredibly fabulous. So what what are you hearing in uh, your elfin ears there, Professor, about the possibility of this particular crew moving forward? Well, I believe from what I'm hearing, uh, a number of people have already committed to, uh, to decorating next year for next year's uh, uh, crew of house floats. Uh, in 2022, and uh, it's it's a marvelous idea. It's a marvelous concept, but more than anything else, what it is is a catchy phrase, because this is not a new, a, a new tradition for New Orleanians. People were decorating their houses to look like floats. Of course, they weren't called that, but people were doing elaborate decorations on their homes throughout most of the 20th century. It wasn't really until the 1990s that that tradition sort of fell off and fell out of favor. But uh, what the crew captain has done with the crew of house floats from a simple, simple little posting that she thought would only be seen by a couple of friends, it expanded across the city and across the world. Uh, New Orleanians uh, do, living across the, the globe in places like Abu Dhabi and in, in, in Great Britain and uh, in Australia, they have decorated their houses uh, for the crew of House Floats Parade, much to the delight of their neighbors, I might add. Well, well people um, have always, like you said, though, I mean, we we don't decorate as much for, for Mardi Gras as you do for Christmas. You know, I mean, we have Mardi Gras flags and we have uh, stuff that we hang on the drapes. Well, we don't, I mean, I I, I didn't go and, and hire a Mardi Gras float artist to come build a dinosaur in my front yard like some of the people did this year. I mean, in the well, pa no, no. past years, did the people go that far forward or was it just like a, an elaborate array of beads and banners in purple, green and gold? Um, for a lot of people, it was an elaborate array of banners and uh, you know, uh, the cutouts. Cutouts were very, very popular this year for house floats. And that is a new innovation. We've not seen that done in, in, in many, many years. Uh, as far as the, the hiring a Mardi Gras artist, that was mostly the inception of the cr uh, crew of Red Beans, mm -hmm. uh, who are a philanthropic organization as well as a carnival organization, as many carnival organizations are. And it was their idea to get the uh, float designers and painters who would have normally been uh, over overloaded with work, working on parade floats and getting them ready for the parading season uh, without those parades in in. You know, happening, uh, the crew of Red Beans and the crew of House Floats got together and they were able to help a lot of these uh, carnival artists find work during this uh, most unusual season. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I expect that a few of them will continue on uh, in the coming years. Uh, but we've also seen a number of other carnival artists who are not directly involved uh, with, uh, with decorating uh, floats for the parades, but who have a history of carnival and Mardi Gras art, who found a great deal of work uh, with, uh, within their local neighborhoods and within their, their, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, their, their social bubbles and the people that they normally deal with. Uh, so I believe next year, uh, necessarily, I believe the Mardi Gras artists are mostly going to be working on, uh, on the parade. On the parade floats, float, on things like that. But yes, but I mean, there's, but, uh, there's no reason that, I mean, you can train future Mardi Gras artists you can get one float artist to grab a bunch of students from like uh, Delgado or Tulane or someplace like that and, 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 and pass on this, uh, this tradition and this ability to, uh, to decorate the Mardi Gras traditions. Oh, very, very true. I agree with you there, but don't regulate it to just the young people. There are a lot of established, seasoned Mardi Gras artist talents that are still living here in the city yeah. who, can, who have provided some really tremendous well, but I'm, ass I'm, ass I'm assuming the big float builders like Kern and and uh, and uh, Jack Rizzuto and people like that, they're going to scoop up those old timers and have them out there building the real floats that are going to be on the parades. Let me ask you real quick. Oh, before not I run necessarily. Out Why? They charge too much? What's the deal? Well, no, no. I mean, you know, I, th it, I think it's just like any other business, really. They prefer to work with younger people because they can train them the way that they want them to, you know, to work. And quite frankly, you don't have to pay young people as much as you do the older experienced talents because they have the experience and they know what they're worth. Oh, I'm not going down this path because I ain't got the time. Let me ask you. <laughs> one. Let me ask you yeah. one more real question, though, about about uh, these uh, house floats. Um, since you got Mardi Gras artists who are now being employed by people like this, what's the chance of getting some of these smaller, like uh, brass bands, you know, to come play in their front yards? I mean, if I if I had the do re mi, I would put up a couple of really big, fancy Mardi Gras things, and I would have one of the brass bands or some of the local talent just sitting out there playing as people walked by and go, "Look, you know, you can't come in my fence, but you can listen to the music, and I'll uh, I'll throw you a bead or a moon pie." Oh, I think that's a marvelous idea. I wish some people some people had thought of it uh, for this season as well. I think that's something that you should speak with the uh, the captain of the crew of House Floats and with the crew of Red Beans. There's got to be money out there for somebody for those uh, for those bands to be able to perform. Now, next year, I fully expect that we will be having our parades. We will continue to have the crew of House Floats, and there will be more than ample work from both the artists and the musicians, and for everyone who truly loves Carnival and Mardi Gras and dedicate themselves to it throughout the year. Next year is going to be a phenomenal blowout. I expect it to be very similar to the Carnival of 1980 after the police strike in 79 when the parades were allowed to come back. And it, it was it, the Carnival of 1980 was an enormous blowout. Everyone enjoyed it. Uh, just all sorts of, of, of marvelous things have come out of a very unusual time in our city's history. Not a unique time, necessarily, historically speaking. But I believe we'll continue to see these innovations grow and continue on into the future as new parts of our carnival heritage. Well, we're going we're gonna to remember those comments, Carl, and we'll catch up with you next year and see what happened and what didn't and what we can do to influence some stuff in the future. Absolutely. Carl always a pleasure to speak with you, son. Isn't it, though? It's always a joy to talk. I stand in front of the mirror and talk to myself, <laughs> Professor. Thanks. Say hey to Gilligan and the Skipper for me. 
Professor. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Professor Colnival, uh, back with more on the Spudcast right after this. Ready to wave bye-bye to this rotten year? Then get the greatest holiday gift of 2020, the iWave air purifier from Serentine Comfort Systems. This proven ion technology kills molds, allergens, bacteria, even viruses, including COVID-19. Serentine can install the iWave right in your existing AC unit. No UV bulbs, no filters, no maintenance, and all for about 25 bucks a month. Call your iWave dealer, Serentine Comfort Systems, at 504-833-8831. Okay, so uh, there we go. Three different voices. The Marquis de Mardi Gras, uh, retired Captain Mike Kahn, and Professor Carl Naval. So the, the Mardi Gras was, uh, it sucked. It, it just sucked. But you know what? Next year is much more promising, and nothing super bad happened. So there you go. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast Podcast. Later on uh, in the week, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, rolling blackouts and uh, Texas's grid and all the rest of that kind of stuff. In the meantime, though, you can find this this podcast on uh, on Red Circle, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on uh, Public Radio, on uh, got a couple other ones, too. But also on my Facebook pages, too, Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell and the Big TZ, and on Twitter at SpudGotDat. If you want to contact me, if you want to be a sponsor of the Spudcast, or if you want to get on a uh, an email list where I'll email the podcast directly to you, you can contact me at the Podcast at gmail.com. The Podcast at gmail.com. Till I see you again, be safe, watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecone.